Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host also, Mike, on the line to introduce our special third co-host with us again here today. Yeah, we're going to do a Guild Awards preview. That's DGA, PGA, and SAG with the executive editor at awardswatch.com, the co-host of the Awards Watch podcast, and he's still a longstanding editor at insessionfilm.com, and he's now co-hosting the main show, at the In Session Film Podcast. We knew him before he got famous. Ryan McQuaid, <laughs> welcome back, buddy. I'm, I'm, I'm not that famous. I'm famous, <laughs> I'm famous enough to come deal with you knuckleheads, evidently. <laughs> like Todd Field, you wear a lot of hats. Yeah, I wear a lot of hats, baby. They're yeah. big hats, baseball hats, <laughs> and, uh, Pilgrim and, and I hats. do whatever I need. But it's, it's wonderful to be back. It's been too long, my friends. It's been too long. Look, it has, it has. We need to resolve something, though, uh, Ryan, and I've promised Uh-oh. this on many an episode, but about mm-hmm. a month ago, mm-hmm. uh, you sent some film Twitter torches and pitchforks after my, after, after Mike won here, and, and, and usually I would just grab some popcorn and I would enjoy watching him fight the melee b- because I'm a bad friend, you see, but this time I did share some of his opinions of loving Todd Field's original screenwriting a bit more than his best directing now like most film twitter arguments uh this has become a moot point because he's been nominated for both but i did want to give you the chance to you know rehash this in very specific detail today because the the, they all came from mike and it was great and i loved it so Mm -hmm. please like you know just just declare your love for todd field's tar as a directorial work of genius please the tar nation the tar army has spoken <laughs> the tarmy i think the tarmy yeah. what do you you know it, it don't it right. don't matter baby we we won't <laughs> listen i i'll say this about tar um before i get to your question is that that movie which mm-hmm. is my favorite movie of the year nice um and you know i usually don't get really passionate about my favorite films of the year because usually they never get nominated for oscars i'm that guy that's like out in the limb shooting for something else that has like no business even probably getting into this horse race so when it does uh, and it overperforms at every single platform that it's done throughout this entire race. I mean, Tar Tar is um, the big winner, I think, of this whole award season when you really look down on it because of the fact that, like, when I saw it at Telluride, so many people were like, "It's Kate, maybe the film. I don't know how accessible it is. She might not even get in." And this movie has shown to be one of the most favorite things that guilds and critics. And the Academy have loved. I mean, it has the same number of Oscar nominations, gentlemen, mm. as Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, a movie does. everyone was like, oh, it's going to win. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, oh, yeah, exactly really? Because Tar is pretty good across a lot of categories. All right. Six categories. It's the only film to have directing, writing, acting, screenplay, or writing a screenplay. Jesus. Cinematography and editing. It's the only film to do that. Everything Everywhere All at Once doesn't have that. Banshee's of Inishirin doesn't have that. Papa Spielberg in his movie doesn't have that. Mm. Hold My Hand, Top Gun Maverick doesn't have that. Big Jim doesn't have that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Netflix don't have that. Nobody has that but Todd Field. And this movie is one of the directorial achievements of the year. I mean, 
it really goes without saying you take a, this really wonderful screenplay, 92 pages, and you from the first page get that he just went out and said, you know what? It's 92 pages, but this movie is going to be about feeling. It's going to be about tone. It's going to be about precision. It's going to be about an experience. Mm-hmm. And as much as we talk about like the big bombastic spectacles of the year, this is a different kind of experience. And what I love about it, too, is after being gone for 16 years and coming back and doing a film, uh, it feels as if he has been making films this entire stretch. It's mm. so confident in its direction. If this was anybody else, we'd be all like, oh, well, you know, if it was Alfonso Caron or if it was David Fincher or if it was Bong Joon-ho or Tarantino or PTA or Jane Campion or all these directors that have made films that have been very successful over the last couple of years of their generation. Um, if, it, if it was any one of them, we'd be like, well, this is just another wonderful masterpiece to go on with the, the da-da-da-da-dees and da-da-da-da-does of their career. And that's just uh, not the case when it has a guy that's been sitting on the sideline on the bench for 16 years, comes off and says, oh, yeah, let me show you what I got. And it reminds me, because when I, I a little humble brag here, I spoke to Todd Field mm. uh, in an interview uh, over at Awards Watch and talking about sort of his process, his influence, and obviously his influence is huge from his one of his mentors, uh, which is the great Stanley Kubrick. And when I watch this film, I see a lot of those flourishes. I see a lot of those kind of directorial decisions that Kubrick would make, uh, the sort of lingering questions that he allowed an audience to have throughout his entire career, not answering a lot of things, uh, really took a lot of those those things that he learned from Eyes Wide Shut and has incorporated them over his three films. So um, I think that I said it for a long time. People thought I was nuts um, that he was safe in director. It was always going to be because he feels like this branches kind of person they celebrate over the last couple of years. Mm. Like if they are going to put somebody like Hamaguchi for a three hour mood piece in there. And they don't, and and like, you know, they barely know who he is. Uh, then they can do something like this if they're going to put in veterans like PTA. He fits in that standard as well. Uh, you know, Power the Dog. You know, uh, Another Round, Roma. Uh, you know, all these movies, uh, Nomadland. These lingering films that you have questions, existentialism with it. Um, I think that that's why he's in there, and he was a lot safer on my board than somebody even like McDonough who's missed before or the Daniels, which he, they had to break the duo or Ruben Oslin, who we were trying to figure out who was going to be the last spot. I thought it was him and Spielberg all the way. Uh, when you were talking to him, Ryan, did he mention how long his script actually was on shooting? Uh, no, but I mean, cause there's no way that was a 92 page script. I mean, to two hours plus. I mean, there's no way. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I mean, it's impossible. There's not. It, it didn't happen. It's it's either you. It's either you think it's impossible, or it's so impossible because he's a genius that he was I'm able to keep it all anything, together. I'm not taking anything away from him. And like my point, and the reason that that we went back and forth on film Twitter is that like my point was I hated that there were five men nominated at DGA, and I think one of them. I don't care if it was Todd Field. I personally think it should have been Tom uh, Todd Field, just because I think. He mm-hmm. was so great in the screenplay, getting that emotion out of the screenplay, what was written mm-hmm. in the word, and Kate Blanchett's performance. I think it would have been okay if he did miss at director. It wasn't necessarily saying yeah, yeah, he shouldn't yeah, yeah. have been there for director. I just I think that the one person to and we're gonna talk about DGA later, the person that was always vulnerable was Kaczynski because 
Mm. I don't disagree with that because of the fact that, and and if a woman was going to get in, that he was the one that kind of took the spot. And and the reason why is this, and I've made this argument about talking Maverick all year long. That is a collective experience behind the camera. That is a Tom Cruise, Jerry Bruckheimer, Joseph Kaczynski, um, Christopher McQuarrie coming together, putting in a crock pot and making it all work. And if you miss an ingredient, it mm. does not become the success that it does. Like it, it, it was, it's a perfect sort of stew that that movie created. And I don't think that <laughs> Joseph Kaczynski is like on the level of even like a James Cameron, which you like you watch Avatar. And I know you guys don't like it. Hang on. But at least I heard that episode. And, um, and I, I think that at least with that film, there's the singular vision and you know it's coming from one mind. Yeah. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is another debate. But this movie for Top Gun, that is a that it's is a collective Tom Cruise as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like people can associate it with Tom Cruise or Jerry Bruckheimer's producer or I really think the film shoulders a lot of Macquarie coming in and saving that script uh from what we know. Um, from a lot of the tabloids and a lot of the things that were coming out when they were shooting it. So, and the delays that we've known for years to come too. But Kaczynski, obviously good direction, but it's not the thing I think about the most when I'm watching that film. I think a lot about the cinematography, the editing, the the, the writing of the film. You know so I mean? with Tar, power rank, you think the direct, like I want you to power rank the directing versus the screenplay versus Kate Blanchett's performance. Like you have directing number one of those, the most important of those. I mean, it, it, oh, this is really tough. Um, okay, so I think that. See, I think it, it, it it's a perfect marriage because you know I don't I don't disagree. I, I, it's, I think no, 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 no. It's too, it's tough because like I think a lot of people go out there and they try to make this. They've been making a lot of baseless arguments hmm. um, about. Kate's performance and like anybody could have played Lydia Tarr. No, they couldn't play no, that version of Lydia yeah. Tarr. Mm. They could, and he either. specifically wrote it for her. Let's call let's call it out like it is. I'm, you know, I always come on the show and I call it out because I see what I see on the on the internet and I call it out. I'm much nicer on other shows than I come on here and I'm on, I'm on <laughs> Um Good. I don't under, I don't understand how people can get all like up in arms about Kate Blanchett and like oh anybody could have done that. Maybe Tilda Swinton could have done that role when. I mean, Michelle Yeoh's character wasn't originally written for her. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we talking about here? But instead, we got the films that we got. We got the movies we got. Let's judge that instead of this parallel universe in which the, those movies don't exist. Tilda Swinton's not Lydia Tarr. Jackie Chan's not the lead of everything, everywhere, all at mm-hmm. once. Let's mm-hmm. move on with this and just judge this race based off of that, which is these two's performances. Now, with that said, I think Kate's performance here might be the best of her career in my opinion, and and I've seen pretty much all of her films, so I can say that without sounding like a complete prisoner of the moment. And I think that, I think I would rank it as Field's direction, hit her performance, and then the screenplay. Now, the screenplay is magnificent, and it was my screenplay winner personally of the year. But I think his direction to make that whole thing work it's because of the fact that when you step away for almost a decade and a half and you come back cold off the bench, like imagine if you were, um, you know, like a basketball player and you've been sitting on the bench for, you know, you had a great rookie season. Your mm-hmm. sophomore season was pretty good too. And then you sat on the bench for 15 years. 
And then you came out and you scored 50 on LeBron. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about a guy that said, you know what? Yeah, I think today's my day. I'm going to walk out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to score 60 on the Warriors. Shvima high look. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, he's going to come out there and be like, kick the door open. Boom. Get out of here, Kobe. Uh, you know, get out of here, Michael. I'm the GOAT for tonight. You know what I mean? And that's what it kind of felt like. It, it, it feels like a very, it feels like a statement. And also, too, to have the direction and it feels so effortless. And it feels like you're in such command of our time and of the of the moment and everything too and be able to capture it and have that um universal questions people lingering it having have like multiple like uh yarn theories online too like it all crumbles if he's not behind that camera if he's not in the editing room if he's not piecing it all together on set like it's it's kind of crazy you know cuz i asked him about like what it was like to come back after so many years and he said the number one thing he was he, he was excited about when he stepped back on a set was working with actors because he missed it and within those performances you really kind of understand that he put it on the page but he said I'm going to work this out kind of like the great directors of old used to do in the 70s where I'm going to work it out on the set and I'll figure it out in the edit and it kind of and, it, and that's why it's it's great it's great direction well, I love it. I'm glad we cleared that up because uh Yeah, and you're all wrong. No, yeah, we no, we needed a Ryan uh rant to start us off today and, yeah. and just some inside baseball from our from our for our people today. But most people, you know, they don't know that you've, you know, achieved the rank of uh colonel in the Alita's Army, Alita's Battle Angel Army. Like you, you Yeah, mentioned- you know, we're 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 fair. We share rations. Yeah, you mentioned um, that those you previous films usually don't get nominated for Oscars. No. I thought you got VFX that year. I don't remember, but uh, yeah, no, you're I, the head I, of that. No, I mean like I mean like uh, no, that's not my favorite movie. How dare you? Um, uh, don't say that I, too loud. Um, yeah, I know. I'm gonna get barbecued. Now. No, but like last year, my favorite movie was yeah. The Green Knight, and the year before it was American <laughs> Utopia, and you know, right, right. Uh, the, the things, these things don't always get to happen not for always. me. No, no, I hear that, and but I heard Todd Field to give the inside baseball is that. Uh, I think he bestowed upon you one of his John Popper Blues Traveler hats for becoming his Twitter champion. Listen, have you uh, have you bought a harmonica yet? I mean, you know, I I, I was told that if Chalamet is not playing Bob Dylan, I get to. So <laughs> take fair. on Good. take on the mantle. Uh, exactly. Listen, I really appreciate all this, Ryan. This is this is going swimmingly. Uh, but look at uh, uh, let's stick with DGA for a minute because we're going to mm-hmm. go through the DGA PGA and uh, we'll get into some SAG. Uh, ensemble and kind of mix that with PGA, which is dangerous, we know, but mm. we'll get there. Uh, look, I've long thought the Oscars would come back to Steven Spielberg as the best director, but I don't know. My long thoughts aren't necessarily smarter than my short thoughts. Uh, look at the Fablemans bombed at the <laughs> bo- box is office. What matters, Mike. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the Fableman. I just, I just try to go from point A to point Call, B. Talk to your doctors out there, folks. <laughs> it's really helpful. You know? The uh, the Fablemans bombed at the box office. It was it was rough, and then it had a few very bad days at Critics Choice uh, and the the awards level. It only won the uh, Best Young Actor, and then at the BAFTA nomination. So, where do you think Spielberg's director's chances are at? Do you see? The DGA coming back to him? God, this is like the question I've been sitting up all night thinking about mm. every night since. Well, it's me and you. I it's mean, me and you under the same moon thinking about yeah, the same I mean, question. I mean, I've been sitting here because 
a lot of our friends in this in the industry and then people that are you know not our friends but we you know we follow them anyway um <laughs> they they the, the cooler heads have sort of started to prevail around the idea that it's the daniels in this mm. spot but and then also there are because i feel this is like the most wide open in so many categories we're going to talk about them in a lot of these categories it's still very wide open there's so many possibilities uh, the industry has not yet sort of coalesced around something, nor do we believe enough in the industry in order to to coalesce around something cool, like everything, everywhere, all at once. Like, say what you want about the film, you know, say what you want about, you know, this or that or whatnot, or, or it's missed or it's overdone or, you know, or it's too long or this and that. It's connected with people. It's an it's a, a box office sensation uh, for A24, for a place that it, one of the studios of the year, you know what I mean, if mm. not in a long, long time. That's shown sort of dominance like this. And so you have the Daniels, which would be I mean, the first duo to win Best Director since the Coen brothers. Uh, and usually people think about that when they're starting to vote stuff. So it's like, are they the modern day Coen brothers? Um, you know, you know, farting corpses and hot dog fingers and dildos? <laughs> like, cool. Um, but but I think that people have gone past that stigma. And I think that they're, they're neck and neck with, with Papa Spielberg because, like, that's the thing you can say about uh, the Fablemans is, you know, you can have a problem with the script, maybe some of the acting and, you know, very, you know, it, maybe it's long or whatnot, but um, it's clearly a best director sort of presentation when you watch it. It's like, oh, this movie is going to win best director. Like there's no, there's no other narrative around this movie other than like, it's a director win. And then that could potentially move it into a best picture spot mm-hmm. um, for the overall win on a preferential ballot. So I have Spielberg at one still, uh, just because I just it just feels mm. right. I have the Daniels right behind them um, for the DGA or for the DGA and Oscars for just the DGA right now. I, and that's the okay. thing is, is I'm not confident with that because you know the Baftas, they could go a d- very different route for director, and and Spielberg's not a part of that conversation, right? right. And you know, so it, it's it, like Spielberg win. Let's say Spielberg wins this. What do you do with DGA? Who do you, who do you do? What if like Ruben Oslin wins DGA? What the hell are we going to do there? Does it cancel out? The Daniels win uh, BAFTA. I mean, I meant the Ruben Oslin wins uh, BAFTA, but what right, if, right, right. what if, what if, what if the Daniels win BAFTA, but we have a DGA Spielberg win? What do mm-hmm. we do there? What if McDonough upsets and starts taking directorial prizes? Todd Field. There is a very real world where Todd Field is our best director winner and people aren't thinking about it. And the reason why is it's because editing cinematography, he has those nominations. Those other films don't have those. They have one or they don't have either. Yeah. But are you sure Todd Field's a good director? I think he's a pretty good director, <laughs> but I just see, I'm not picking that because again, I would, I don't, you know, I don't want to put all my chips in that bag. I don't want to be that guy. You know, I've, I've gone out on a limb I, you son of a bitch. I've gone out on a limb before and I've had, and I've been very hot and heavy when it comes to these things. Like I told you guys, like I didn't think 1917 was going to win best picture mm-hmm. because it didn't have the acting. It didn't have the editing nomination and it didn't happen. I said, Francis McDormand was going to win actress because it just felt like the laziest thing that the Oscars could do for that movie. And they sure enough, they they went for the movie and they still did the laziest thing that the Oscars could do in, in an order in that category. So every single year is sort of something there where I was like last year I was kind of still on the like a 
yeah, I, I think that Paradox is kind of vulnerable, even though it's kind mm. of weird that it's got all these things and whatnot. And then, um, and then I was like, well, it's kind of probably Chastain because it goes along the lines of the same whole thing that we see with everybody else. So this year, Director is one of those where it's like, it feels like Spielberg. But if the upset is going to come, it doesn't necessarily feel like it might be even the Daniels because the directors have shown that they 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 go for an, a vision, an auteur, somebody they know, and also um, go for a more art browy, you know, eyebrow raisy sort of thing rather than like a populist film in this category. So I'm wondering if you think perhaps the Daniels support might coalesce in original screenplay. They have, you know, the path laid before them with BAFTA and WGA, even though WGA is only two days before the Oscar winner voting ends. But we've seen this the last few years. It just coalesced the opposite direction. Chloe Zhao, Jane Campion, they had the wide early season support in both adapted screenplay and director, and they wind up winning director. But this year, talking about DGA... Like I, I, I think kind of like you, it's going more back towards Spielberg, or maybe we get a you know an old, older white guy like McDonough winning it. But I mean, so yeah. where do you think the Daniels could wind up getting the, their credit and their support in the screenplay category going forward? Yeah, I mean, so this will be like the spoiler. This is a little bit of sports talk. Everybody out there needs to understand that everything, everywhere, all at once is not going to win five or six Oscars. So we can all start getting that out of our heads. Mm. Like I have it winning best picture right now. I'm not confident in that. We'll talk about PGA here in a little bit and how I sort of think how it could all play out. Maybe we'll talk a little BAFTA too, but I'm not confident in it because we did this last year Mm. with power of the dog, (laughs) an eccentric pick that got the, the lead, um, you know, got 11, this got 11, that got 12, right? If I'm not mistaken, nominations last year and, uh, or maybe more shoot. I don't I, They're still counting the votes. Um, but, um, and they'll never let us know the results. And they'll never let us know <laughs> those greedy bastards. Um, but I think the thing about it is, is that you're right. I think that the, the, the perceived notion, I, at least for me talking with people, um, you know, talking with just also not just Oscar voters, but people that have seen the film mm-hmm. um, that are not on film Twitter because you can't just talk to everybody on there because there's that is the most unbiased place when it comes to speaking it's, about this it's movie. It's not real and life. It's not real. OK, yep. I refuse so, to believe any of this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you made it your identity. You sleep and live on the film Twitter <laughs> um, is that it's a, it's an ambitiously written film. And the direction comes through from that writing, mm-hmm. but it is clearly from the from the mind of the Daniels, and the mind starts with the page, and it, they are in a neck and neck race with Martin McDonough right now for best original screenplay, and I don't think they're going to win that. Oh wow! But they could mm-hmm. because McDonough has proven right now globes and other places other than critics choice to win there. I think he's going to win BAFTA because it's a home turf situation. WGA really doesn't factor in um, unless, you know, because it's not going to factor in the voting. You know what I mean? Because there's not enough time for WGA to be like, Oh, something won there and then turn around <laughs> and vote for the other thing. 
it's really going to, it's maybe WGA tells us what might happen, but that's not a foregone conclusion. Cause look last year it went to don't look up and, yep. uh, and licorice pizza won BAFTA and then Belfast still won. So we don't know, you know? Um, but I do think that they're stronger over in, um, screenplay. And the reason why is because the screenplay and the writers tend to reward originality more over there than I, and I think they over in the director branch, they're different sort of bombastic things or the, the sort of indie sort of stuff like that. It doesn't, they like more auteurish sort of work. They like more, uh, a place to honor a veteran, so to speak, previous winners, uh, newcomers coming into this category and winning, unless you're winning best picture. So that, I mean, maybe they have a shot because, you know, they're front runners for best picture right now, but I do not think that they will pull the trifecta. They will not pull a Bong Joon Ho hmm. because this movie is not parasite. Parasite is a universal winner. Probably the greatest movie we've ever seen. Right, Mike? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying in terms of in terms of from the Academy, we're not going to bring that up. Jesus, second like best movie. This is like year, bad couples therapy. We're all just coming back and reuniting and be like, let's get on the couch and talk about it. Uh, but no, but like that movie had momentum and had a movement. Definitely. It, you know, very much felt like that. And, and Bong you, was in a st- I mean, back to your, I, I kind of see DGA the same way you're describing it, but like the veteranship does matter. And I wonder yeah. that Daniel's being so new and so on the scene, if that's going to be held against them insofar as one, they are that brand new, but two, like going up against a legacy pick like Spielberg and that kind of contention. And the DGA always seems to care most, or at least seems like they put the most thought into predicting what's going to happen with that same category at Oscar. I mean, they've only missed four times since 2000. The yeah. DGA and I mean, hasn't won the Oscar for best director. Yeah. And you know, you look at Jane last year, that's, that's a veteran, you know, mm-hmm. and, exactly. And, and, yeah. and, and you know, everyone will go and point to, to Chloe Zhao. And it's like, yeah, but, you know, that was not normal circumstances. It's a weird year. It's yeah. a very weird year. It's a great win. Right. I, I was so happy for her. Hated that the ceremony put that win in like the first hour. We're like, what the hell? Uh, like, Because it's history. Hated that ceremony. Yeah, I hated that ceremony. <laughs> hated the last couple of ceremonies. Let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But, um, but I don't think that it's the same thing because she was sweeping. Jane was sweeping, you know, uh, Bong was doing very well in, in critics prizes. Um, Caron was sweeping, you know, the, these directors have been sweeping. The Daniels have not been sweeping besides like, you know, uh, the St. Louis fair critics prizes, <laughs> you know, like Spielberg's done really well. McDonough's done well. Fields done well. They've all done pretty well. Now they, yeah, you know, it, when it comes to, Yes, he's won Golden Globe. Does Golden Globe matter that much? I don't know. I mean, like, you know, but also I just don't see a world where that movie, which is a labor of love to Steven Spielberg, it's one of the last chances I think we're going to get to have, like, because I don't think Bullet's going to get nominated for Best Picture, Um, you know, like (laughs) with Bradley Cooper. Uh, It's like one of it's and it's such a personal story, too. They love doing that crap as well, Mm -hmm. where they reward you in a personal story. And I don't think it's winning screenplay. 
Because like screenplay no. feels like a two horse race, yep. so it's it's got to be this, especially and... according to the Vegas odds, at least right now. I mean, both yeah. uh, for screenplay, McDonough and uh, uh, Banshees, I should say, and Everything Everywhere are like both so close to even odds. It's, I mean, and then it's a coin flip, like fourteen to one. Yeah, yeah. If they were head to head, it'd be a pick 'em. Yeah. Sorry, all the sports fans out there. God, they're listening yeah. to this. And <laughs> they really hate. It. See, this is what happens. I come on the show. I get to do. So I don't get to do this at Awards Watch. I don't get to say sports. Uh, so I said we're your safe space. We're happy to be exactly your safe space. because Eric then is like, <laughs> shut up, no more sports, and I'm like, you know. so we're all sticking with uh, Steven Spielberg as our DGA pick. It sounds like yeah. it's again. I'm not confident in any. Well, if you're, I don't think any of us should. If you're picking DGA. By history, you have to pick that same thing for the Oscars. Yes, by history, I would have to go with that. But I, I will say that whatever the DGA winner is, that will more than likely be what I pick. Mike? Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, you guys have made the case. It's Spielberg for me. I don't. Again, I, I'm with Ryan in a lot if, of ways. Yeah. I don't see everything everywhere in the Daniels sweeping everything. No. I mean, if they did, it would be. It, if, it, if they started sweeping everything mm-hmm. everywhere. All at once. Mm-hmm. Go on. um, I'm not following. <laughs> no, let me let me just start from the beginning. So there was this movie that came out, and um, <laughs> if they start doing that, then I think they are then vulnerable. Like I think they will be in other categories. Mm. If they win BAFTA for director, mm, that'll yeah, be I'll be it, like wow. But if they win DGA and BAFTA, DGA, I mean because. Somebody's got to win I think, if they, I think DGA is going to be the the indicator. I think I'm, I'm expecting BAFTA to be McDonough. If it's not McDonough at this point, I'll be surprised. Okay. What if it's Field? Could be. Could I, like be. It's, I don't they just won London much, Critics Circle. You know, I don't know if it'll hold much Academy weight though. Is my kind of. Well, you know point. what's funny is like uh, the thing about Tar is like the the London Critics Circle mixed with like the big three critics prizes here. Four films have ever have done that in the history of of the of the award season, and those three films are. Schindler's List, LA Confidential, and The Social Network, and they all pulled a screenplay prize. Yeah, so maybe maybe we're under maybe we're underestimating field and screenplay. I don't know. Who knows? It's wild still. There's that's what's great about this month as opposed to last year. True. We we kind of figured it out by this point for most categories. Ryan, if Field wins screenplay and not director, do you know how hard I'm going to troll you? And bring up those comments? <laughs> you won't have to because you'll be blocked. <laughs> all right well we're on the and watch me for... ma- watch me sitting on like a billboard on sunset boulevard going like this is how he was number two for director don't you see the results uh this is a rousing as rousing a dgga conversation that has ever been roused but uh look at sag ensemble if we mm. can move there here's the thing about sag ensemble i'm wondering if they're gonna go with a nominee that is also going to win individual categories or that is not nominated for individual categories in this instance, like a Babylon or women talking. And I got some stats for you guys. Four of the previous 27 SAG Ensemble winners were not even nominated for an individual category. That includes Parasite, Black Panther. I've said that stat on the, on the show before, but here's the new stuff. I counted them all guys. 12 additional SAG Ensemble winners did not win an individual award. So that means there is a modest statistical edge at SAG, 16 years to 11, and especially eight of the last 10 years, where SAG has awarded ensemble to a film that has not won an individual award. So this year, we have two 
five-time nominees at SAG in Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is currently the betting favorite. Mm -hmm. Yes, I found odds for SAG Ensemble, the betting favorite, minus 250. And Banshees, which is the next challenger, the next best odds at plus 333, Ryan, atop Mm -hmm. the betting there. So how do you expect the Screen Actors Guild to vote this year? Are you expecting a wave... Uh, with screen, uh, the everything everywhere all at once to continue from Critics' Choice perhaps here, or do you expect them to go in a different direction at SAG Ensemble? That's a heavy favorite number for everything everywhere, just by the way. I just want to throw that out there. Minus 250 mm. is pretty heavy. You guys ready? Go ahead. Okay, here we go. Because I'm I've not been, ready. Hold on. I, oh, okay. Just put your <laughs> ear up to the <laughs> to the mic, sweetheart. It's all right. <laughs> Thank Don't you. want it to be a little deaf. You know, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Odd sexual tension when the three of us get together. By the way, but that's all right. Odd. Odd. Oh, you're right. Like, come, come on. Come on. All right. So, I have said that we're going to live in two universes. It only matters based off of the guilds where we're going to live. Hmm. Okay. We're going to live in a world where everything everywhere all at once wins picture or it doesn't win picture. Okay. And in those two scenarios, either the Daniels win, maybe just picture and key Kwan wins actor and maybe it wins screenplay or director like we talked about. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. its path to win. Or the other one is it doesn't win picture and Michelle Yeoh and key Kwan win their Oscars. And underperforms, and that's it at the Oscars. That's it. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because if you look all the way back to Million Dollar Baby, we have not had a film have two actor prize winners go on to win Best Picture. And we haven't had one in the preferential ballot expanded era hmm. with the expanded lineup. And they genuinely like to spread things. The Academy has shown with these nominations that Tar is a lot stronger than people are giving it credit for. And so I am firmly believing we are going to live in the world where everything everywhere all at once right now wins Best Picture. So I believe it will win SAG Ensemble. But I do not believe Michelle Yeoh will win Best Actress. I think Kate Blanchett is going to win her third with a bullet right now. So how much weight do you put behind what Blanchett did at Critics' Choice? None. Because I listened to that episode, and I've got a lot to say. <laughs> well, go ahead. I mean, I, I want to know your thoughts because, I mean, you know, obviously. I think that that is a film Twitter thing. I think it's a film Twitter thing. It's a fantasy. I think that from the people that I talked to mm-hmm. that were in the room, it was like, a oh, kooky Kate. She says kooky things all the time. This is the okay. woman that when she won Best Actress last time, mm-hmm. she said, hashtag suck it to Julia Roberts. <laughs> what are we talking about here? We're talking about Critics' Choice. I'm a member of Critics' Choice. They had 600,000 people watch that. All right? I was flipping between that and the Jacksonville Jaguars and the, and the, and the Los Angeles Chargers. And that, got, and that was a boring game. For until, the most, until the second half. Right. You know what I mean? So much money on that game. Go on. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that the Golden Globes got 10 times the amount of viewers. So where's the disconnect? I mean, because obviously you're. We're, the disconnect we're is from. Clayton. Well, Clayton's saying he's talked to people in the room who felt that way. You're saying you talked to people in the, in the room who felt the other way. Is it just different people having different ideas or what's the. Narratives. Okay. 
It's whatever narrative you want to believe. I don't have a skin in this game. I mean, yes, I love Kate, but I'm just seeing it the way it is. I'm calling it like it is. Mm-hmm. And that is, is that if you want to have your narratives built in for certain people, I mean, shoot, now it's like I'm reading all these damn narratives about Andrea Riseborough now because like the, like, like we're living in a fantasy land. This is a two person race. Right. These two women absolutely respect one another. Mm-hmm. And it is, uh, uh, I was hearing, maybe it was your show, maybe Clayton said it. I don't know, but I'm, I, 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 I'm going to go out here and say this. Uh, when they were talking about the Andrea Riseborough nomination people were talking about it and saying well maybe hollywood wouldn't want to vote for a white woman because of what everything's going on that's super disingenuous to kate blanchett that's super disingenuous to michelle yo to say that that they're just going to hand this over to her and that it's it's disingenuous also because kate they neither one of them had any interest or any sort of like she said andrea riseborough's name in her speech and on the red carpet she also said tang Wei. Yeah, did 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 any did Tang Wei get nominated for decision to leave? Which would have been great. She yeah. should have. <laughs> but did anybody say anything there? No. Like what are we what are we doing? We're picking and choosing our battles here. She Kate didn't stand out there and do nine hundred Q and A's. She didn't do Fran, what Francis Fisher did. She didn't do what half of these you know Giacomos did that are under investigation or post investigation or whatever. She went mm-hmm. up there and she said what every other actor thinks. In that moment, which probably Viola Davis thinks right now, which is, this is bullshit. This race is bullshit. I did it the right way, and I still can't get my flowers for a movie I spent 15 years trying to make or whatever. And they're frustrated. And this this whole thing is frustrating because they don't see it. Some artists don't see it as a dog and pony show. And it's not that she's not grateful, because she is. She's going and supporting this film and she's really supporting it for Todd field because Todd's not getting his flowers. Nina Haas is definitely not getting her flowers. So she's using her bringing him up. I'm running out of ridiculous hats. to change. (laughs) (laughs) He's changing a hat every time I'm mentioning it, but like, no, it's that like Nina Haas (laughs) is mentioned in every speech. Todd, you know, Todd's mentioned in every speech. Like, uh, like it, it's a big chance for her to promote a movie that didn't make a ton of money. Hmm. That's also, it doesn't matter even after Critics' Choice, right? Because, okay, that happened with Critics' Choice. Then would you like to kindly explain to me why it overperformed at the Oscars then? And the nominations. I, I think what you're what you're doing and the difference between you and Clayton are doing there and the same story is it's... we do And Mike and I fall into this trap just like any other pundit does. Like, we do fall into this trap that, like, well, there's this unimind thing going on with the academy and the academy is going to vote one way because that's the what the academy is going to do and like i do appreciate the differing perspective because it's a stark reminder of like these are still individuals in this room that all do think for themselves and do fill out their ballots if they fill out their ballots their own way so i think there is absolutely merit to having the dueling perspective also also too it's a critic's choice award pretty sure michelle yo is going to be fine if she didn't win the critic's choice award they won best picture yeah. They want director. They want screenplay. They want supporting actor. Like she could, I guarantee you this. If on the night of the Oscars, she loses that Oscar. Will it be, will it be very disappointing? Yes. Obviously who doesn't want to win an Oscar? You're one of five people that are right there in that category. But if you watch their actors on actors sponsored by variety, <laughs> who you can clearly see the admiration for the two of them in that room. They were hugging each other before and after. 
Mm-hmm. Like, this is like the, the stuff at the Grammys last night or the other night ago where, like, everyone's like, everyone's booing Harry Styles. Adele walked out. No, she wasn't. She's standing there the whole time. Like, you know, I it doesn't take, you know, Benoit Blanc to figure this stuff out. All right. And I think that these two women are in a race. Whoever wins, they'll be happy for one another. Honestly, I guarantee you, Kate Blanchett would love if Michelle Yeoh won. Kate Blanchett is an enormous ambassador for cinema. Mm-hmm. She has been. She was. She's been on jury panels for multiple film festivals. She, That's you cool. know, if you've ever talked to her, I've talked to her. She just loves talking about other people's films. She'd rather talk about other people's films than her own film. She went up there. She didn't say anything to the extent of what people tried to do last year with Jane Campion. Which is, she went up there and she said, we should stop having women fight up against one another. That's a and good what point. A ju- what, a, what a novel idea. More. What yeah. a novel idea. So, no, it's not a big deal. I think she's going to win. But I think Michelle's number two. And everybody else is is just glad to be there. Andrea Riseborough. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, and so, Anna Darmes. Even Michelle Williams. You know, it's a, it's a two-person race. It's very tight. I think whoever wins SAG will, I can't even say that. Because BAFTA could go their own way, too. And they're both in the category. But I think she's going to win SAG. I think she's going to win BAFTA. It's been the performance that's been celebrated pretty much the most um, and by critics and everybody. And that's the power of it. She didn't even have to show up in the room at Golden Globe. She was in London promoting the film Blanchett, yeah. at the premiere of it. And guess who was probably there? BAFTA voters. So there you go. Like, it's... It, it's not a big thing. Like put her up on a pitchfork and get mad at her is ridiculous. But yeah, I think everything everywhere all at once can win SAG ensemble. Is that the question? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was the question, but no, I'm glad you, you went a question ahead and you answered uh, the, that Kate Blanchett, you think is going to win the SAG lead actress, uh, Mike, I'm going to go with everything everywhere all at once. And I think I wrote down Michelle. Yo, I was, I was thinking a legacy pick. I I, I got to look down. Uh, I, mean, I am swayed by the spreading the love idea and the when's the next time they're going to get to vote for Michelle Yeoh idea too. I did. Yeah. I did go with Michelle Yeoh. But uh, do do you have everything everywhere, Mike? I do for se- I, ensemble. I just don't know. I mean, I can make right? a better case for the next pick that's not everything everywhere at PGA than I can for SAG ensemble. Could you could you also say this too? Because we haven't talked, you know. Because I went on a rant, and I apologize. No, I apologize to the listeners no, out there. Every, this <laughs> apology is brought to you by. Is, um, all we do is rant on this. Oh, uh, that's very fair. <laughs> um, the idea is that also too about we've mentioned a lot about everything, everywhere, all at once. But the the challenger in the weeds, sitting right there, is the Banshees of Inisherin, hmm. and we can all talk about. Oh man. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Five nominations. That's incredible. You know what else had five nominations? The Banshees of Inisherin. You know what's Good. somebody that's in a in a tight race for best actor? Colin Farrell. I don't know sure. if the actors are going to one hundred percent go for Bassett yet. I I still need to. I will not believe that a Marvel performance is going to win until the night of the Oscars when they hand it to her. Wow. Because of because if you want to talk about a Netflix bias, there is a Marvel bias. Like sure. DC, I, I you know, there that. is. And, yeah, um, but then I think about Banshees and there's a lot of love for that movie. A lot of love. But I think about women talking weirdly enough. I think about women talking from the standpoint of that is a real ensemble. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I talked about that. It got into picture based off the love of the actors. And I've been slowly kind of, you know, I was mentioning this to uh, my friend and, um, and writer and uh, co-host over at, uh, at um, awards watch, Sophia Simonello. I was mentioning to her like, what if women talking takes a little bit of like that sort of code of love where it builds enough momentum enough people finally start watching it because they haven't been watching it it gets in it's probably our adapted screenplay winner and what if i'm not saying it's gonna win picture i'm just saying like what if it was enough to like turn the tide to get it that momentum over the top for adapted screenplay by winning sag ensemble we've seen crazy things like we see uh hidden figures yeah you know we've seen um you know, even Trial of Chicago 7, you know, in recent memory, um, you know, we see, what was it, American Hustle? Did American Hustle win Ensemble? Wasn't that, I, I believe yes, I'm correct I think the first that. Black Panther won it, right? The bo- first Black Panther won. So it's, it does not have to be the, I think the Coda and Parasite years have sort of blinded us from like this Ensemble category. And those are, those are kind of Ensemble. I think Parasite's an Ensemble. I think Coda's. You know, know, like it's centered around four performances, but then they're supporting characters. Mm -hmm. Like the this feels very shape of watery at times, where it's like those four those performances got nominated. Now this these luckily got in, but I don't I I see like like because Fablemans, I don't think that's gonna happen, but women talking could because that's like a a genuine ensemble, and uh, and and uh, I. I think that's the upset special. Well, it tracks because I did count on both hands. Not one, but both hands. And My God, eight, thank God that you learned how to do that since the last time I've been on the eight, show. Eight out of the last ten years. It's something you know, that did not uh, get nominated or did not win an individual award. One SAG Ensemble. So that makes It's crazy, sense. isn't it? Yeah. And, I mean, all, and if you do vote for, for everything everywhere for SAG Ensemble, I mean, I, I think everyone's saying Kiwi Kwan, right? Yeah. If you're saying Michelle Yeoh too, then you're going to give it three of the five awards on the night or whatever, or three of the six. That's a lot. I will say this too about it. Can you please take off that hat? <laughs> he looks like he's at a Jimmy Todd Buffett concert. Todd takes his off first. <laughs> <laughs> he never takes it off inside. I get I get a little upset with that on MDB Fair. Um, but no, it's that if I know people are going to get mad at me for saying this, everything, everywhere, all at once has had the benefit of being the favorite and the underdog at the same time. And it is leaning more and more towards being a favorite. And as we know through history, we know by way of this Academy, you start telling them what they want to vote, what they should vote for. They start not wanting to vote for it. Right. Mm-hmm. If you, if it overperforms everything everywhere all at once at SAC, that could be the tilt for something else to win picture wow. because, because of the fact that, you then seeing like the overwhelming support at Critics Choice, the overwhelming support at SAG, and there could be backlash. I mean, like there was a minor little backlash today with the Daniels and their Criterion video. So people are already trying to find their narratives for it. I don't think it's going to happen with this one because it is really loved film and liked and it's carried this momentum from one South by all the way to the next mm-hmm. uh, when the ceremony is. But if there is vulnerability, it is winning too much. I know that that sounds weird, right? In a world where we always want to win everything. But 
winning a lot has not been the strong suit and the recipe for a best picture win over the last couple of years. Really has. Because like even I said that about Parasite, it didn't take it. You're right. It didn't take any acting nominations uh, with it that night. And so therefore no wins and it spread the wealth and the Oscars have done that. So if SAG starts leaning to we're going to have uh, three winners, heck, maybe even four potentially of like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis or Stephanie Shue upset. Mm-hmm. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about a juggernaut. And then what's the quiet little Irish film sitting there right mm. by the side that they all like from a person that was very close the last time for a more universally liked film this go around to. So well, you're, you're leading into, I mean, I'm, I can jump the gun here. I'm not picking everything everywhere for PGA. I am going to pick Banshees and I have read. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So with PGA, PGA has crossed over 20 of the last 33 years. And that means dear listeners that we officially have the sex Panther by Odeon statistic here, meaning 60% of the time, the producer winner takes picture every time, Ryan. And God, I love you. And that, that means- is a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful analogy there. But look, at I'm just stating facts. There is room for error here. And I would assume that the PGA, if anybody has the older, wider, manlier, golfier, <laughs> the PGA has yeah. that bias, right? So I'm wondering. So I'm definitely picking Banshees after those reasons. <laughs> I'm wondering if like the older audiences that we've heard may not like all the butt stuff, or maybe they do, but they just don't want to, they don't want to admit they like all the butt stuff of everything everywhere all at once. Will they vote against everything everywhere at the PGAs? Do you expect that to happen? Like, like at the globes here, Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I do. I do because, because I, because I don't think, I think it's going to be a photo finish. And I think that SAG's going to be the night where we're like, man, everything, everywhere, all at once. And then PGA comes in there and like, no, it's Banshees. I agree. And the reason why I say that is because all I have to do is kind of the the parent test. Have you ever done the parent test? You ever shown your parents or people of that era the movies that are coming out? Yeah, I did. I did. And every year, every year, it's foolproof. (laughs) foolproof oh, no because they didn't like everything everywhere no they haven't seen it yet um but they my, have seen banshees of any parents i'm talking about i did do the test yeah, yeah. Mm. I, they have seen banshees these people can't stop talking about it really? i'm like can you just pass the the butter i, I just i just want you know, just, can y'all well you need get to out of my house like it's, it's a, yeah it's a little it's a lot you know no i mean listen that's the movie that resonates with them a lot because it's a movie talking about mortality it's talking about uh noiseness and uh it's talking about also too there's nothing better that that really can get to a white man or white woman's heart than uh the shores of ireland Hmm. um it really just cleanses the soul um they make songs about it it's (laughs) wonderful um but no i think that it resonates and it's a movie that has resonated and it resonates with young people too like it is it's um people love in bruges they love um, they love Martin McDonough mm. and this is, this feels like a time to reward a guy like this. And 
I, I, it, I don't think it's going to do bad on a preferential ballot. Let's just say that. And everyone that I've talked to when I've gone to, I've gone to two festivals and I've said this and I think it speaks to the universality uh, that premiered and showed uh, Banshees of Inisherin. One was Fantastic Fest, which is more like your general audience, sort of like nerd, you know, uh, genre specific kind of audience. And they ate it up. Hmm. And then a couple of weeks later, I went to Middleburg, which has your more highbrow, um, you know, upper class Academy voter that hmm. shows up there and whatnot. And I kid you not, the first screening was sold out. And the second screening in the big auditorium for it was sold out. And people were standing to watch it wow. up against the walls. And they loved it. I was shocked that it didn't win the audience award. And I think that it's it's kind of now done exactly what you would expect a Fox Searchlight movie to do. It's gotten everything it needs to to just be right there. And if there's a sign of vulnerability, it will jump at it. Well, you're and, hitting on the big point that, I mean, Searchlight, I know they've changed ownership and all that, and it's a Disney program now, but Searchlight knows how to play the PGA. Like, Slumdog, 12 Years a Slave, Birdman, Shape of Water, Nomadland have all been Searchlight pictures that won PGA mm. and went on to win Best Picture as well. But they know yeah. how to appeal to the producers, and that's why I, I mean, A24 also has two movies in the PGAs right now between the way and everything everywhere. So they might, might be a little cannibalism there. I don't know. And they're a little worrisome too, because they, you know, I keep saying this about a 24. It's like, man, that studio, they had a lot of good movies and stuff, but man, I've seen that before last year, the year before the year before that they've had good films. They've had some films. Getting fingers nominated. are kind of inaccessible to older it's, people. It's uh, like, you know, here's the thing about the Oscar voters with everything everywhere all at once. And the people online don't want to hear this either. A lot of the voters didn't finish it. Hmm. A lot of the voters turned me. A lot of voters turned it off. A lot of voters and people of that age said, I didn't get it after 30 minutes. So I just put on something else. You know what a movie they did get is Banshees. It's a more accessible film, which is crazy about a guy throwing his fingers at his best friend's house. (laughs) But it's, it's the mixture of being weird enough and different enough and original enough, but also being, uh, you know, like universal enough. Does that make sense? Here's what I'm wondering, because I wonder if it's almost too much of a playground for the old Oscar voter. I mean, it's not exactly the best exotic yeah, Marigold still have Hotel. Power, Mike. You know that. Look, at, they have power, and that's what I'm saying, but there's Elvis, which is... For the old voter, Top Gun Maverick for the old voter, Banshees for oh, the old voter. Oh, too many options. I see. Okay. Too many options. Do we have a vote sharing for the old voter? All the and the old voters are not in the majority quite as much as they used to be. And I, I mean, maybe they they're, they're probably still are at PGA. That's which is why I'm gonna go. You know, for a lot of the same reasons that you're mentioning. You know, when they shut off everything everywhere. They're probably just watching Top Gun Maverick again because mm. it's the coolest movie since 1986, and we all know this. <laughs> Objectively speaking, of course. And I mean, you it, know. I mean, look at old Caucasian. Old Caucasians like themselves some Maverick. That's I'm true. Just saying. Talk to me, that, Goose. So, so look. So, all right. So, you're going with Banshees, Mike. I'm going yeah. with Top Gun. Ryan, just crystallize your pick for the PGA one more time. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's Banshees. I don't. You know. You know, Mike, you could you could flip it around also too. Hmm. If there's an Elvis, if there's a if there's a Banshees, if there's a Top Gun, 
if there's even a tar, mm. because older members of the Academy have responded to tar too. Nice. Then you start you start going back and forth and you start thinking, well, man, if those movies are high on the list, where's everything everywhere all at once? If they like the Fablemans more, where's everything all at once? Oh, that's five films. Is six on their ballot? Seven Do on their ballot? How, is, is Eight the on their ballot? preferential? Yes. It is. Mm. I couldn't remember. Okay. Yeah. And so that's when you start sitting there like, okay, everything everywhere all at once kind of needs to win on the first ballot. It kind of does. Because then... It, it shows the passion for it. Mm-hmm. But the other films, like Tar's, you can't see a world where like maybe Tar's out of the top five for people. Banshee's out of top five. Top Gun's out of top five. You start seeing some of these films and you're like, how's that How's that out of the top five? How's that out of the top five? Like, Par- like Fableman's feels like it'll probably get squeezed out of the top five. You know what I mean? For some people. But then Everyone. that pushes up maybe something, you know, for maybe it pushes up Avatar. Maybe it pushes up The Whale. And the whale is a weirdly enough is a more accessible film because it's got this story and it's got Brendan and it's a drama and it's and it's a and it's a feel good and makes you you know and it doesn't have anything weird it's it's a story overcoming obstacles that then maybe they can relate to and it's probably something that they've seen more recently and so everything everywhere all at once it kind of hurts it by being it, it goes both ways you could say oh it's it's so special. It's a shiny object. It could be a high up, but it's also too special and too out there, and it could be low on balance. We you, haven't seen it yet. You might be one of the most optimistic persons that we've ever had on this show to call the whale, to describe the whale in that fashion. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna move past. That. If you're I, saying between the whale <laughs> and everything, everywhere, all at once, uh-huh. I'm just saying, like for an older Academy voter, it's a more traditional drama for them than something like that just to clarify i'm not saying that they're better gotcha. like the whale is a better film i'm just speaking in terms of how they have thought in years past the cool movies never get enough love from these yeah. guys so why would they start now it's like it's like the grammys why would they start awarding beyonce now and i trust them to do that i don't trust them this is so you know you know <laughs> It's, I know it sounds that and there. That's cynical enough for you right there. <laughs> All right. So this is good. This is good. I, I like you coming to the dark side just for <laughs> even a, a, a few moments because you've been very Bringing positive. a lantern over here. It's so dark. <laughs> uh, so look at we've We've covered a lot of ground and, and you've covered a lot of ground and, and in several rants here. We've talked about lead actress already in terms of the SAG body. Like you're going Blanchett. Mike and I are still going yo. But mm. we'll be happily proved prove wrong there. We love Kate. I'm um, not happy about my picks there. I, I mean, three everything everywhere at SAG is going to be tough. Yeah. I think, yes. I mean, Ryan, who does Kihue Kwan have to slap to lose supporting actor? <laughs> the new um, King of England? No, he, he'd get a bit more no, points. He, he, I mean, <laughs> Steven Spielberg, just do it. Do it. <laughs> it would have to take like a I think that's the next Indiana turn. Jones plot, actually. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So he's winning supporting Indiana actor. Jones and the slap hurt around the world. You know? <laughs> he's winning supporting actor. You mentioned, but I want to end with uh, lead actor. So you mentioned Ooh. that you see some vulnerability for Angela Bassett and supporting actress at SAG. Maybe. Maybe. Are you mm. still going with her? Because I'm going to still go with her. I'm going to go with her, but it's, it's, okay. but I got to tell you, maybe I'm, maybe I'm an old voter too. I recently watched uh, Banshees and I was like, man, Carrie Condon's working that. She's good. Holy hell, She's if you're watching that, that movie, you, you might be thinking, man, 
I might vote for her. If you think about, you know, supporting actress has been kind of wild in the past before. I think mm-hmm. back to 2018. You know what I mean? Um, why not Stephanie Hsu? Mm-hmm. Why not? Why why not that be the moment? Why not it be Jamie Lee Curtis? The actors branch love that. loving one of their own. Like it's kind of like we kind of felt it would be Globes. But I mean, she's a legend. You know what I mean? And the thing about SAG you have to remember too. And why I think BAFTA is a little bit more foretelling for Oscars than even SAG. Is the 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 influencers and the TikTokers, you know what I mean? Like they are part of this group now. However, the bigger contingent they are, there's still a contingent in there, and you know the television um, voters as well. That's why I think Bassett probably has the edge too, because she's in TV and she's in movies as well. Here's but like Jamie, on the TikTokers, they've yeah, definitely but, seen yeah. a Marvel movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, and that's that's the other reason too. But uh, you know, they see Jamie Lee Curtis, they think of Halloween. You know, they think of, you know, they think of like Freaky Friday, you know, you think okay. of True Lies, well, you know I mean? At, you think a lot of things. I, I don't want to get into the TikTokers angle because I still don't know what that is. But <laughs> in terms of streaming. See, there's this thing called a phone. Yeah. I and uh, I'm not following you. Look, at, it's not going to it's not going to happen tonight, guys. But look, at, we don't have enough of a show. Streaming is something I understand. And Angel Bassett just had her film Black Panther Wakanda Forever land on Disney plus. Yeah. And I wonder if you buy into this fact, because when Banshees was coming out, a lot of the Oscar pundits uh, coming out on HBO max, that is, they were talking about the streaming bump. A lot of uh, Oscar pundits were also hoping that the woman King would hit Netflix before mm. the, the nominations came out That's to give the woman King a streaming bump. Do you think mm. there's a possibility that perhaps, Perhaps the SAG votership watches Angela Bassett and Wakanda Forever on Disney Plus right now, or there, or there, all their relatives are talking about how great she is, and it's not just the one scene. Hey, Angela Bassett is awesome in that movie. Do you believe in the streaming bump for her? I think you could. I mean, you can go by the same logic too. Why the hell didn't they put that on the streaming platform sooner? Maybe it would have helped him get nominated for Best Picture. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that there is a little bit of that. I think. If you're going to talk about a streaming bump, then that kind of hurts uh, everything everywhere all at once because it's on Showtime with the A24 deal and yeah. what are they Paramount Plus with Showtime or whatever what the hell's going, going on, on there? Showtime, yeah. I mean, come on, like that is just like a zodiac sign yeah. of terror. <laughs> whatever that came up with that name, like you know, you know, it like it's it, Paramount Plus uh, with Showtime. Based on a novel pushed by Satfire. You know what I mean? It's it's wild. Like, what, what are they doing? So I don't think it helps every film. I think VOD does help some films, too. You know, I think getting them out there for more accessible audiences that don't want to go to the theaters, that want to watch it at home. Sure. These also have been on their streaming platforms that are all connected to their, you know, because their assistant set it up one fine afternoon for them to, you know, go and click on it. So, like, these are already been out there, you know, um, Black Panther's been on the platform for Disney for a while uh, to for to stream for voters, uh, at least for critics, mm-hmm. let alone anybody else. So um, I, I I think it could help. Uh, that's why, you know, I think, you know, I think, uh, you know, Carrie Condon making the rounds. She was on Colbert. She was on Kimmel recently. Uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, I think I haven't seen a lot of Bassett, but she's also doing a television show. But I think, you know, could it help? Absolutely. Because. Weirdly enough, she doesn't kind of have to campaign because everyone's mm-hmm. watching Marvel movies. 
Hmm. So it's, you know, it's, Amen. it's so it, it it's kind of self done within itself. And then she, of course, thanks. I'd like to thank screen grab number 45, <laughs> you know, like, like, cause she's gone up there and thank the fans. So she might as well thank every uh, Disney plus subscriber. Uh, and that, uh, that's actually what the Oscars is going to be. They're going to present supporting actors and then she's going to read off a teleprompter for six hours. Um, <laughs> all the people that have subscribed. Basically the end of, uh, what was that movie by Aaron Sorkin two years Trial ago? Trial of Chicago 7. Thank you. Yeah. Basically it is. I remember it well. If you pay for commercials, uh, then you don't get your name called. But if you pay with for the without commercials, you get your name called. Yeah, there you, you know go. <laughs> There's um, levels to this thing. You know it's I mean? a weird, like, usually we talk about how supporting, like, sweeps. This would be a weird sweep if Angela Bassett pulls off this sweep because usually the sweeps we refer to, like, the supporting category that does sweep is so over by the time SAG's at, like, it's a Kiwi Kwan type sweep. It's not mm-hmm. a, is, is she going to make it or not at SAG type sweep. So I think Angela Bassett's going to win, but for the sake of this doesn't feel like a natural sweep, I'll pick an upset, upset at SAG and say Carrie Condon, even though I don't believe it necessarily. Hmm. But this just is, it's a weird feeling that this doesn't feel like one of those years that this category is going to sweep. That's all. It's it's really weird. But then also, too, I thought Allison Janney felt weird when that happened because there was so much love for, like, Laurie Metcalf. Laurie Metcalf, yeah. And for and then there was a lot of love at the end for um, for uh, God, uh, uh, Leslie Manville for for mm-hmm. um, came on late there for Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread. And so when I when but when I thought about it, I was like, well, and this is what I kind of thought about early, early in the race about Gene Smart and Babylon. And that never worked out. But, you know, it's kind of the same thing with Bassett. You're talking about somebody that's been in the industry for, you know, 30, 40 years or whatever. And they've done television. They've done. Uh, they've done movies, they've done this, they've done that, and they have never gotten their flowers. And mm-hmm. everybody loves Angela Bassett. That's and the exact line of thinking that you know, I was first thinking. Well, it could be Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, but, that's yeah. no, that's fair too. But yeah. I think the thing, the difference between Curtis and, ba- uh, and Bassett is she's got the scene. Right, she's Agreed. got the scene. You can't stop seeing the damn scene. Agreed. You know what I mean? It was, it was in the trailer. It was, in the tra- it was the trailer. Like yeah. they, like the trailer, literally alone is their Oscar campaign. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, they just should have just released the trailer because the trailer's better than the movie. <laughs> well, I mean, let's let's take one last uh, brief uh, detour here because I, mm-hmm. this is this question came up. Uh, so, if you had to choose one of the Andrea Riseborough <laughs> party hosts. The host of the Suarez that we know of, Courtney Cox, mm-hmm. Ed Norton, Allison Janney. This is the reason mm-hmm. why I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Which one of them threw a Babylon party? Which one threw the orgy? <laughs> I want. I need to get you on the record here. Didn't clearly, it's Francis. Clearly, it's Francis Fisher, right? Like, I mean, <laughs> she's a wild goose. You know what I mean? Uh, no, I, I, I uh, <laughs> uh. I don't know. Um, like, I'm surprised. Like, guys, that whole thing was nuts, wasn't it? Like, can we can we talk about it now? It's it's, it's been. I, wild. I wasn't gonna go into it, but who do you who do you entrust most to investigate anything? The United States Congress, <laughs> or excuse me, or Inspector Jacques Cousteau? Clouseau, yeah. excuse me, mm-hmm. or the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Well, clearly, um, 
I think the Academy should have done like the Mueller report or like, you know, the <laughs> January 6th thing because they got that turned around real quick, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah, know. great About point. Thorough. Great point. Yeah. I'm just saying they were they were fast. They, they, they didn't mess around with that. And I think they, they really went deep. It's almost as did. if they had it prepared. Yeah, it's, it's almost as if like they knew who was screwing yeah. up. Yeah. Maybe it's almost as if they were watching it all yeah. along. Yeah. Like they were just waiting for this controversy hey, just in to case happen. This hits the trades. Yeah. No, good yeah. Point. Like, oh, this is called good publicity. You know, yeah. like, like that's what it felt like. And so, <laughs> um, and because every, because it's, it goes back to like, it, it feels really sick because they've kind of like profited and they've kind of mm. done all this off of the back of, once again, black women at their expense. Mm. And that 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 aspect of it is this it's it really is and and it 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 reminds you of them trying to make the chadwick moment happen and not knowing that ahead of time uh you cannot manufacture these sort of things and when they and all these movies have been at the expense of of people of color or women and you never hear something like this for like the male category yeah which is all five white guys, you know what I mean? Even though they're all new, and I point. and I sit there and I and I, I you know it. I don't want to get too much into the Rise Bro stuff because it is what it is now. We kind of live, have to live in this timeline, but you know it, it. I feel, I don't feel bad for her. I feel bad for the, for obviously Viola and Daniel Detweiler and Gina Prince Bythewood and. Uh, yeah. All these amazing talents that I've met or that I've seen along the, this entire thing, because we told them this is how you're supposed to get nominated for an Oscar. Viola knows how she's won one. Yeah. This is how you're supposed to do it. And they move the goalpost. And every time you move a goalpost, it, it, it annoys the hell out of me, you know, especially as, you know, as you know, as someone that is Latino and, and, and is it, it is trying to make my way into this industry and do the things that I do when goalposts are moving on our side of things, it frustrates the hell out of me. And I sit there, you know, kind of wondering what it all means. And and mm-hmm. I feel terrible um, for them. But at the same token though, you know, Andrea Riasboro, this is a very celebrated actress and she did not, from what we know, she just showed up to Q and A's and did interviews. Like she wasn't, you know, from what they investigated, they did That's not see that she narrative. was part and I think it, to to yeah. begrudge her is 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 not fair. It goes back to what I was saying about Kate and Michelle. It's not fair to put the problems of the world on the shoulders of these actresses when there are tons and tons of people that are doing manipulative things behind the scenes yep. mm-hmm. that we don't know about. But it's easy to poke or to to point at someone because they were the nominee and they were the person responsible. Yeah. Sometimes they just submit their names, they go to their Q and A's, and then they go home to their kids, or they go to work. Well, I think we got to remember that a little bit. But yes, the academy needs to be looked into internally when it's all when this year is done, and realize that no films were nominated by people of color. You know what I mean? That 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 they barely got one in by directed by a woman by non men. Yeah. Exactly. They almost pulled the globes. It was probably between the whale, Babylon, and women talking. And women talking got in. Right. It would have looked horrible. So they got a. And it's not like there wasn't choices. 
So mm-hmm. come on, guys. So angry. Figure it out. It's it's yeah. it's a little crazy. Because it's not you're right. It's not I mean, and that's an important distinction is why I started mm-hmm. speaking up. It's not shame on Andrea Riseborough. Yeah. It's shame on the academy. No, for sure. And I mean, the the thing is, is it, I read Gina Prince-Bythewood's piece in The Hollywood mm-hmm. Reporter today, and she said in that first paragraph exactly what I've said to you guys and I've said to everybody, and let me just repeat it for everyone in the back. This is the 95th Oscars. We are so, so close to 100 years where a black man or woman has not won Best Director. Mm-hmm. A black woman hasn't even been nominated. And I'm not saying... We need to nominate them for nomination's sake. It's not tokenism, yeah. It's not tokenism. It's not about it's not about just have a slot for for people of color, have a slot for an international, have a spot for a woman, course, have a spot for a white man. I'm not saying that. You need to open your mind to the idea of them being invited to the table. The opportunities and need to be the opportunity. industry wide. Exactly. Because there's no reason why Gina Prince Bythewood couldn't get the same nominations that James Cameron got. They both made epics. There's no reason why Gina Prince Bythewood can't get nominated over Joseph Kaczynski or Sarah Polly can't get nominated over uh, Martin McDonough. You know what I mean? So that that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying there is that, you know, and I, yes, I get women have won the last two Oscars. Um, for best director, and, it only and took I get that. Years and, for that to happen, yeah, it, it, you know, oh, they've won it three out of ninety-five years. Right. Wonderful statistics, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And and but it 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 is a for a little girls for people of color that go to the movies and then want to do it and want to be behind the camera. It's a little bit of a like I want to or watches the Oscars. Like I watched the Oscars when I was a kid. You guys watch it. I mean, it's your it's our platforms. And I sit there and I go, I'd never probably be able like I probably personally would because I'm a man. You know what I mean? But if I have a daughter and she wants to be a, a director, it's, it mm-hmm. seems like it would be an uphill battle for her to get nominated at this point, let alone win. And they don't get to see themselves up there. And that's what kind of made me mad about Chloe Zhao when I mentioned it earlier is that like they they put that in the first hour. That's usually the last thing you see at night. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And they kind of just you know here's history and just kind of scooted along by. And so you know they, who they've didn't got, hide? You know who didn't hide her disappointment? Frances McDormand that night. Yeah, no shit. No. Remember that? That's why Franny rules because yeah. she was like, I don't even want to win this Oscar. This is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so, but you know, um, but yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Frances Fisher had the orgy. So. <laughs> to get back to the question of course <laughs> look at i uh i do uh really appreciate you uh going on these rants ryan i i, I want one more from you here yeah. and it's because you came on our show mm-hmm. months early and, and mm. sometimes it takes someone who can kind of see between the lines and understand you know that maybe the things we want won't happen when i, I say uh, that you, to you guys all the time yeah you heartlessly but correctly <laughs> predicted Anthony Hopkins of the father over Chadwick Boseman yep. of my Rainies months before the 93rd Oscars when Chadwick was, and you did it on our show, when Chadwick was like a minus 2200 favorite, Mike, at, in Vegas, which is a monstrous favorite. And Ryan was on our show predicting that to happen. Now, Ryan, 
I got to know, like people are parsing through this lead actor race in the strangest <laughs> ways. Like we have, we seriously have new, we've made new podcast friends ask us and kind of repeat what they've been hearing in that they are trying to figure out lead actor by looking at who Mescal and Nye would take votes away from out of the, the lead trio of Frazier, Farrell, or Butler because they've each taken a major precursor award thus mm-hmm. far, Globe, Globe, and, and Critics' Choice. So how do you kind of parse through this lead actor race? You just kind of – I mean, Mike and I are at a point like I'm just kind of thinking Frazier's got momentum because coming off a of Critics' Choice, I, I, I think more people are watching The Whale. It's doing well. I'm gonna go with Brendan Fraser. If I had my pick, I would I would pick on my ballot. I would pick Austin Butler. But in another year, I'd probably pick Colin Farrell. I loved what he did in Banshees. I think this is a tight race, Ryan. Oh yeah, I mean this is. I think that this this is the toughest category maybe left on the night because the, the the thing about like Blanchett and, and Michelle is that like that's a two person race, you know. Director feels like kind of maybe two or three people. Maybe, but it kind of feels more towards two people. Screenplay feels well, original screenplay. Yeah, man. And besides out of picture, this feels in the top categories. Like it's it's mm. a, it's it could be one of the three. Yes, I eliminate Bill Nye and 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 the beautiful Paul Mescal. Um, out off of my he is oh my god, guys, I've I've, <laughs> I've met him. <laughs> Fucking dreamy. All right, one let me tell I'm you. Not gay, but I'm human situations. <laughs> Like, Yamahama. All right. Anyway, <laughs> they're probably not going to win. So you're right. They're going to siphon votes from other people. So the logic would say that they're going to take them away from Colin Farrell, you know, because mm-hmm. they're, you know, mates from across the pond. I don't think so. Mm. So, guys, this is a two person race, actually, when you really think about it. And you mentioned Brendan Fraser. And I got to say this with all the love in my heart. I don't think Brendan Fraser's winning this Oscar. Oh, wow. Wow. I don't. I don't. I think it's between Austin Butler and Colin Farrell. I think Austin Butler's going to win the SAG. Hmm. And I think that Colin Farrell's going to win BAFTA. And then Colin Farrell's going to win this Oscar. Wow. I do not think that A24 is going to walk away with three acting Oscars. And I do think that they like to spread the wealth, especially in this category. Especially, you know, in all the acting categories, to be fair. And Colin Farrell had... Four great performances this year. He was in four different kinds of films this year. He is in a front runner for best picture, which tips the hat more to him than Austin Butler, who is not in a best picture front runner. This is sort of the Francis McDormand kind of stuff where you kind of sit there. This is the kind of Hopkins stuff where why did Chadwick not win? Because he wasn't in a best picture nominee. Why did Francis beat Carrie Mulligan and the others because she was in the stronger film across the Academy? When they come down to the voting, they watch the 10 films for best picture and that's it. Hmm. Because when you look every single year, go back in the preference, like it's, I'm not talking about 95 years of history, but really if you look back in this expanded era, the films that most likely win the majority of the Oscars outside of the shorts are the films that are nominated for best picture, Mm -hmm. the crafts and above the line. And so therefore Elvis is probably going to win costumes and production design. So that's a big, you know, in its favor, the whale most likely will win makeup. So that can help Brendan Fraser. 
But it's going to come down to Colin Farrell's in the in a film that could win Best Picture, though. Hmm. And so right now, given the fact that it is a career achievement for him, they all, and, you know, Austin Butler's the newcomer. That was a box office hit. The Whale is a is a indie box office hit, but he's got his entire narrative. Colin's got his entire narrative. This season has more narratives, you know, than a, than a Netflix slate of new shows coming out this fall. For real. Right? And, but I just think that, you know, when rubber meets the road, Colin Farrell is going to pull it out because he's going to have the support of BAFTA. And he's going to have the support of the Academy that loves Banshees more, a little bit more than, than the, uh, than Elvis. And then also loves it more than uh, the whale. And now I could be completely wrong because I probably am and I'm not safe by it, but it just, in my heart, that's how it's happened. And it, in history can usually change, but Jeff Bridges was the last time an actor won best actor in this category without Mm -hmm. a best picture nominee. And Jeff Bridges was sweeping. Now, granted globes was probably never going to go with Brendan Fraser. So he would have to win SAG and BAFTA in order to win. If he loses one of those, I don't think he'll win. Austin Butler kind of has to win both, but I think Colin Farrell doesn't have to win both. It's the Francis McDormand thing. They don't have to win it because they're in a best picture front runner. What so you I just said is right what you just said is exactly. I, I I'm with you in lockstep the entire the entirety of your thinking except for who wins SAG because I think Fraser's mm. going to end up. Winning you think Fraser's going to win SAG? Okay, but I think Farrell's going to win. I I yeah. would be shot. I'd be stunned if he loses back. If 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 Farrell won SAG, it's over. I agree with that. To be fair, I agree with that. But I yes, I think and I think could, Butler's but, got the highest hill to climb right now. Yeah, but I think Butler and 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 Fraser are the ones fighting out for SAG. To be fair, uh, so yeah. I agree with you there. And I think, I mean, Farrell's just, he's, he knows everybody in Hollywood. I mean, he's not only has he given these speeches this year, but he's like, he's worked on the studio comedies. He's worked on the studio epics. He's, I think, has he produced? I can't remember off the top of my head. I mean, he's got, he's, you think about it. He's in an A24 film. He was in a Searchlight film. He's in an Amazon film and he's in a Warner Brothers film. Right. That's Hollywood. And <laughs> that's all he went right grown there. up in the industry. Like everyone yeah. has seen him literally grow. You know, I just think there's a lot to that. And there's a comeback narrative too, from the standpoint of, of the fact that this was a guy that Hollywood was done with many, many years ago. Yeah. And McDonough gave him the opportunity within Bruges and him coming back to this, you know, after another, you know, after in Bruges delivering great performance, almost after great performance, never being the bad thing in a bad movie. And now it's like, it kind of feels like, yeah, it could be his time. He was doing CBS this morning interviews, which is always great. He's been Mm -hmm. all over, you know, he's talking to Pete Hammond. He's talking to this person, talking to that person. He's kissing the babies. And he's very humble about it, too. And they're different kind of campaigns. Says to Brendan Fraser, who's very emotional. Yeah. And I worry about with Brendan Fraser. And I've met the man. I've interviewed him. I love him. He's a very nice man. But I worry about the fact that he's might be too emotional and and that the moment might be too big. And it reminds me a little bit like this year, these, this trio reminds me a lot of, I think 2003, 2004, the, uh, the, the year of, of, of Sean Penn and Johnny Depp and, uh, and, and, uh, and Bill Murray. 
Hmm. So I, I see it as like, and I've said this to people and people think I'm kind of nuts and kind of crazy, but like Johnny Depp played an over the top larger than life figure, Jack hmm. Sparrow. Well, that's Austin Butler. That's Elvis Presley. Okay. A more comedic actor that we've known for our entire lives is finally getting the dramatic chance of their lifetime to make something very moving. Bill Murray lost in translation, the whale with Brendan Fraser. And then you have the bad boy who is considered one of the best actors in Hollywood currently right now and has a redemption arc throughout their entire career and has come up and now delivered one of the performances in a best picture nominee slash front runner. And that's mystic river with Sean Penn and Colin Farrell. I see 2003. I, I see history kind of repeating a little bit like that and leaning towards Farrell's favor. I love to hear that. I love that logic. It makes a lot of sense. I would, you know, you making that case has actually swayed me a bit. I think the case I came in today with for the whale was mm. that, and in both for the Academy and for the, the Screen Actors Guild is Hong Chow got that supporting yeah. actress nomination, which told me, you know, and gave me confidence that a lot of people were watching the whale. I think its box office has been good. I think the PGA nom was a you know a, a tip of the hat that it's could it could have eyes on it from at least that branch. But I I wonder if the fact that the actors seemingly watched the whale enough to nominate Hong Chow and Brendan Fraser at the Oscars, if that was an indication that perhaps because it's such a transformational performance that there would be curiosity to put that screener on or to click play on that streaming service for the whale, like you made the case before. But I, th- yeah. I mean, your, your logic is sound in, in, in a sense to say, I that try, I try. Is, <laughs> you know. but who knows? So they like logic. Who knows? I mean, we could all be, I mean, yeah, I mean, shit in a world where like these three just start taking votes to another and like Bill Nye or Paul Miskell come out of nowhere and win. Farrell's like, third right now for the, uh, for Oscars voting in uh, Vegas odds. I take um, those odds. Give me those odds. One, I, t- one, I take, one, man, Mike, I take those odds. Mike is driving to Atlantic city. Probably. Man, we're going right now, baby. Let's yeah. go get in the car. Get the <laughs> bit, beef jerky that, sticks. Absolutely. Let's go. You know what I mean? I would put money on that. That's a good. That's a good bet. That's a man. Getting four to one in some books overseas. It's a lot. It's it. It's it's really tight. This race. You know, much like. But the fa- I mean, that, pants, to that to what you, you just. Know? <laughs> the fact that he's in third place and is four to one. I mean, third place is not that close to even odds. Even though four to one's significant. I mean, third place is usually like sixteen to one. You know. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I I think that. Whoever wins it, it, it honestly be good winners. I mean, so this for, would be good winners in this. So category. for SAG, you're actually, are you actually making the move to Farrell? Because I'm staying Frazier. Mike, you're going Frazier. I'm Frazier at SAG. Yep. And then Ryan, what's I'm going? Go I'm going. Right? I'm going Austin Butler. Austin Butler. Okay. And I think Colin Farrell will win BAFTA, and I think that's then his. Then it's his time. At Does the your Oscars. red flag go up if Farrell doesn't win BAFTA? Correct. Uh, then if then, then if like if whoever wins BAFTA, then at that point, if out of the three, like if Farrell doesn't win BAFTA, he's not winning the Oscar. But That's if like Frazier wins both, then yes, he's going to win. If Butler wins, which is interesting because like Butler could win BAFTA because the Brits are uh, turds. <laughs> and they don't like the British or they don't like the, the Irish, right? The Brits don't like the Irish. And also they, they, I was trying to be nice, um, you know, but also too, the, the, the thing about it is, is Elvis did really well internationally. 
So you can't, and especially over overseas in, in that neck of the pond. So I think the, the upset over there even is, is Butler, but if Farrell wins that, which it, it kind of feels like Colin Farrell's going to win that one. Yeah. Um, if he doesn't win you, I think you're right, man. I think, I think then it's like his inner ship has sailed for an Oscar, but that doesn't mean that the film overall is, is in dark waters unless it like completely tanks there. I think, uh, and and I think that that's. I think it's still winning screenplay at the very least at hmm. that award ceremony. Wow! All right, Mike, you want you want to wrap up here? Yeah, let's uh, let's thank Ryan uh, for yes. for coming along as always with us on this voyage. Uh, Ryan, where's where can people find your work? What are you doing lately? Give us some plugs here. Oh my God! What am I not doing? Well, one, I'm talking to you two, Giacomos. Um, but uh, which, thank you so much for having me on. This is always a thank blast you. to talk to you guys. Uh, you know, I feel like uh, I'll pay you guys the the fee for my therapy afterwards. So <laughs> really cathartic. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterbox at Ryan McQuaid seventy seven. You can find uh, all you know, pretty much all my work is either at Awards Watch, In Session Film. I also do some work over at the Playlist, um, and and some other publications. Uh, the Awards Watch podcast, check it out. Um, we're going to have to have these gentlemen on at a certain point. Um, Let's do it. you know, it's, we, we're doing a lot. We've got a, a great crew over there. Myself, Eric Anderson, Tyler Doster, our TV editor. Um, uh, we have, uh, Nicole Agman, Dan Bayer, Kevin Lee, Josh Parm, Sophia Simonello. Um, and we might be having some more people up in the future. We don't know. Uh, there, there's, there's, you know, tons of different ideas. We got guests on, we talk about the Oscars. We're, you know, we recently just talked about knock at the cabin, Next week, we're doing a Titanic and uh, retrospective of the 1998 Oscars. Uh, we've got tons of fun things that we got up our sleeve. Uh, and you can find all that uh, in session. Or, geez, I can't even speak today. You can find it over at awardswatch.com. Or you can search uh, wherever you get your podcasts at, uh, the, the Awards Watch podcast. And over at In Session Film, yes, we're doing the main show. It's now more of a little bit of a loose concept. We're on YouTube. Just find In Session Film. Um, and, uh, and then we're also talking about still doing our movie series and, and a bunch of other things. So I don't sleep. I barely eat. <laughs> my wife hasn't seen me in quite some time. Uh, my family think I'm dead. Um, uh, I'm essentially uh, a ghost in my, but in my own house. And Todd yeah. field gave you his hat. So you know what? <laughs> things really do balance out, you know, <laughs> and, uh, I'm going to be wearing that sucker to South by, you know, me rooting for the man and. Uh, you know, You'll be the coolest. I'll be the coolest motherfucker in the room. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but no, guys, this is always great. You guys do a great job. And to anyone out there that I may have offended or said anything bad about or whatnot, the Brits, well, just yeah. just well, the Brits and other <laughs> people, but they, they had it coming. The you know whole I mean? bunch, of England. Otherwise, you're of, good. Bunch of turds, man. <laughs> <laughs> Once you're done checking out Ryan's work, dear listener, as always, what matters most to us are your thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns about anything we talked about in this episode or anything we do here in the MMO Empire. As always, you can leave us those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com. And on Reddit, we are available wherever you do hear podcasts. If you're listening to us and appreciate what we and our friends do here, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five star review, those help us out. Be sure to leave Ryan all the five star reviews he can handle as well. Michael, tell the good people what's coming next from us and let's have some words of wisdom to end on. 
Well, we got a lot more friends of Ryan's coming on the show in the upcoming week. It's a good thing we know him, too, because we don't have friends of our own. That's That's very fair. (laughs) It's it's a a fun bunch that are coming on. Uh, Otherwise, we got the Mike, Mike, and Oscars. I think we're going to finally do those, Michael. You think so? This week. Right. I know we've been delaying them again and again and again. But Can't I've wait written, for Avatar to sweep. Yeah. I've, written, I've written half the show, and um, Avatar's involved. Yeah. And we'll just see where it no shows shit. up. I know where that's going. Top tens are going to be uh, said. And, yeah, I th- I've, I've watched way too many movies this year like like you guys. And we got we got to do this now because if we try to do this after the Oscars, our thunder is probably stolen just a schmidge, especially if somebody slaps somebody else, Ryan. So I hope that doesn't happen. But I'm coming to your house just for that. <laughs> coming, to, I'm coming to your city. <laughs> our thanks once again to our buddy Ryan McRae, guys. When reality sucks, you can come diagnose the Guild Awards with us and our friends. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you all very soon. See. You.